Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. I want you to go to the book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Numbers chapter 20, and we're going to read verses 1 through 13. Numbers 20, as we close out this test season series, I'm going to read out of the NIV. If you don't have a Bible, let me see who has a Bible. Hold it up, hold it up, hold it up. Come on, yeah, come on. I like big Bibles and I cannot lie. Put that phone down. What you going to do with that phone? Yeah. <laughs> Your battery, how you can't cast out a demon with that? Your battery dies, what you going to do? In the name of Je- hold on, man, let me go get a charge. That ain't going to work. It's your Bible. Promise you it's going to bless you. It's okay. Hey, yo, see, she's like, I'm confident in my phone. I'm a, I got it. It's brand new. I got an extra long charge. Okay. That's fine. I'm not mad at you. If you do have your phone, you got the Cool Church app. Every note that I'm going to preach from is in there. There's a Bible in there for you as well. So you can use that. If you're online, you can follow along just the same. Um, And I'm going to read this passage out of Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 through 13. Read something like this. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin. And they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Miriam is the sister of Moses. She's the one that watched over him when he was a baby floating down the Nile River. But now we're at the time where she has passed away. Now there was no water for the community. And the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Like you that thirsty? Wow. Why did you bring the Lord's community into the desert that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? So y'all rather be in slavery. Wow. It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Underline this. Speak to the rock. Somebody say, speak. Now look at your neighbor, the one you don't like so much, because you turn them second and say, speak, speak to the rock. (laughs) I want to see how much y'all is going to repeat. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and I will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. But listen to this. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. Okay, that don't sound too nice. Listen, you rebels. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Hmm. Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock began to drink. 
But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is so sad, because you did not trust enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I have given them. Wow. These were the waters of Meribah, where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and where he showed himself holy among them. If you're taking notes on this last message in this test season series, I've entitled it this. Anger management. Anger management, as I say that with a smile on my face. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you for each and every person here. And God, I, I pray that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that was going to be in this room. You knew each and every one all over the world that was going to be watching this message today. God, I just pray right now that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. I pray that hearts, minds, and ears be open and receptive to a word that will always and only be about Jesus. God, I pray for the folks that are hearing this right now that may have anger issues and that they know about and the ones that don't even realize. God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts today. I pray, God, for the one that needs to hear this word the most. I pray, God, that your son Jesus will make a proper introduction of himself today to them. Pray for the one. In Jesus' name. And everybody set. Everybody set. Take about five seconds and give Jesus some praise in this house today. Come on. Anger management. I love this. The, the Bible, it talks a lot about anger and the consequences of anger. Um, but I want to I want to pull up one of my favorite verses on anger, which is in James chapter one, verses 19 through 20. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Anger does not produce human anger. I love that it says that little caveat, by the way, because there is such a thing as righteous anger. But the, the person that expresses righteous anger the most and the best is obviously our God. He has a reason to be angry because everything that he is is good because God is good all the time and all the time. Praise God. So. He's not talking about his kind of anger, his righteous anger. He's talking about human anger. It does not produce a fruit of righteousness that God desires. So it says, be slow to it because it never produces the right results. But I love this because if, if being slow to anger doesn't work, if that don't work for you, if you fly off at the handle like you just can't help it, if being slow to anger doesn't work, then the Bible gives you another thing to do. He says if you, if you can't be slow to it, then you just got to get over it quickly. If you can't be slow to anger, you got to be quick to get rid of it. For the Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. God gave you a time limit. Hey, you need to sew that up before the day's out. 
You can't keep walking around with that on you. I, here, here's the thing about anger that, that I love, and I, I think sometimes like we, we misrepresent anger when we talk about it, because, ooh, we angry, ooh, that's not good. Actually, when you really think about the essence of anger, anger is not a sin. What you do with anger, that's when you get into the, the, the realm of sin. Listen, here's the reality. There are some things worth being angry about. There's some things happening in this world, and if they don't make you mad, I really want to question your faith. There, there's some things that should just, there should be a righteous indignation that builds up in you. There's some things in this world that should upset you. When we see how agendas want to steal our children away from us, that should upset you. When, 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 when the, the, the voice of the Christian in popular media is silenced, but the voice of nonsense is loud, that should, that should frustrate you. It's like Christians get attacked for our stance on everything, but people that believe way crazier stuff than we do, the world's silent about. That don't get you mad? Our babies getting shot in school, that doesn't get you mad? Like, there are some things that should frustrate you. The criminalization of black and brown people based upon the 13th Amendment to keep people enslaved, that should make you mad. Oh, he too nice, he ain't gonna talk about that stuff. Oh, it frustrates me. Because it means I'm a target. It's frustrating. Should get you, like, anger is not a sin. What you do with it can be. I need you to understand, like, if I could be honest today, there's a lot of good reasons to be angry, man. Like, just think, like, like, all right, forget all those other things I talked about. Let's just talk about our personal lives. Like, don't you hate when people talk behind your back? Because yeah. you're angry. Well, the worst is when it's like you got other people involved in that conversation that don't even know you, but they chiming in. It's like that ain't like when I'm on social media minding my own business, I just post a picture. I'm just trying to do my thing. I'm chilling. But somebody that don't even know me in some other place in the world got something to say. You don't even know me to be able to criticize. Oh, so 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 you're going to judge my whole life on a 30 second clip or a snapshot. You got something to say about that. That that could make you angry or maybe somebody stole something. From, you ever had something stolen from you? Yeah. That, oh, that, that angers me. It's like, I, I, I worked for it. You didn't. You stole it. That, that, I could see that. get. Or maybe, man, somebody abused you, so now you don't trust anybody. I could see that getting somebody angry. Or maybe somebody lied to you. Man, I can't stand when people lie to me. Like, just be real with me. Just, just be one and be, be straight up. Like, just because I may not want to hear the truth doesn't mean I don't need to hear it. Like, just be real. I'd rather you be real with me than lie to me. Don't, 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 don't lie. That could get somebody angry. Or, or oh, man, this is one. Like, what if somebody hurt somebody you love? Ooh. I'm from, oh, I'm from Karis. Oh, I got hand. Ah, oh, man. You mess with my girl. We're going to have problems. I'll cut you, not in the Holy Ghost. I'm just telling you right now, like, you mess with my wife, you, you, you mess with my daughter, we're going to have problems. Like, God's still working on me. 
Huh. Or maybe, maybe you put your faith in somebody, you have a relationship, and somebody cheated on you. You ain't deserve that. That could get you angry. Or maybe you just recently lost somebody. <laughs> like you just can't get past the hurt of it. It's like you're, 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 you're mad because you feel like somebody was taken from you. Or maybe you think that person didn't deserve to go and maybe you felt like it should have been you. That man, I, I don't want a person that feels angry in this place today to feel like they're so far gone because they're angry because there are a lot of good reasons to be angry about something. There's a lot of good reasons to be angry, but can you hear my heart and hear the Holy Spirit speaking through me right now? A lot of good reasons to be angry, but you can't live there. If you're going to clap, clap. Don't give me a petty clap. If you're going to clap. I'm going to need y'all to preach with me today. I, listen, you cannot live there. I've seen some of the best people in the world. And anger has stolen something from them. Because they, they, they stayed in it. You see, in this, in this test season, the test I really want to hit up today is the test of anger. Because there's a lot of good people in this world. And they, 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 they got a lot of great things going for them, but man, their anger is, is literally killing their calling. Snatching their purpose away. And I, you know, now that I'm a, I'm a dad, I've been a dad for a, a while. I love my, my beautiful baby girl. And I've said this since the first day I became a parent. I'm like, man, being a parent helps me understand God the Father so much more. Amen. <laughs> it, it, it's like, man, he got patience for me. Now, it's, it's really hitting me now because now my kid's 13. I really understand God. Like, I, I, get, I get the fatherly aspect of, of, of God. And, 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 and like, here, here's the reality. We, we all get angry sometimes, but can, I, can we talk about anger from the perspective of God the Father? Because we all, we all get, get angry as a, as a parent. This is what God thinks about our anger. As a parent, if I ask my child to do something, I am not concerned if what I ask her to do makes her upset or if someone else made her upset before I asked. That's not my concern. As a father, I want you to do what I said to do. Amen. Regardless of how you feel. Because I know sometimes when I say, baby girl, need you to clean up that room. Because that room looked like something exploded in it. There are times where I see the side eye. And even if I don't see it, I hear it in her voice. I see the countenance change. And it is an indicator to me that she is not happy with me right now. She might be downright upset about it. But guess what? As your daddy, I don't care. I need you to do
I need you to do what I said to do. Now, let me ask you this. What I ask her may frustrate her, but does the fact that she's frustrated give her a pass to not do what I ask? No, you still got to do it. I don't expect all of my requests as a father to make her happy, but I do expect them to get done. Imagine how God the Father looks at us. When he don't put a call and a purpose, no, God, I don't want to do that. God don't care if you don't want to do it. He wants it done. Because there's a purpose that must manifest on this earth through you. And if you do not do what God tells you to do, then you are stopping the movement of heaven coming down to earth. Because God wants to use you. But because of your anger and your attitude, you stopping heaven from coming down to earth. I don't care how you feel about it. I need it done. And I want to use you to do it. So suck it up and do what I told you to do. Because obedience doesn't care if you're angry. But pastor, you don't know why I'm mad. Obedience don't care about that. God's like, I, I, you might be mad. Why don't you go channel that anger into what I asked you to do? Yes. The truth is, anger that's not in check can distract you from your purpose. I need, I need somebody to hear that today. Because you're all filled with purpose. But the only thing that might be stopping somebody today is not resources. It's not relationships. It could be your anger. Ask yourself today, what has your anger stopped you from doing? Honest inventory question. What has it stopped you from doing? See, look at, look at what happens to Moses because he could not. He did, listen, Moses, most, most people would say that Moses was the greatest leader in all of history. Moses failed the test of anger. I want you to hear that. Because he was not a perfect man. He did a lot of things well. But this anger thing, and we know he had an anger issue because he fled Egypt. Why did he, he flee Egypt? He killed somebody. So his anger issues that were unchecked from way in the beginning of his life, they come and manifest all the way again at the end of his life. <laughs> Moses did not pass the test of anger. So what's the first thing that anger can cause you to do? And you could write this down. Anger makes things that are supposed to be easy, hard for no reason. I'm, I'm just trying to help you pass this test because it's a test that, that I have to go through constantly. Like, I love Jesus, but sometimes, you know, <laughs> anger makes things that are supposed to be easy, hard for no reason. Now, Numbers chapter 20, verses 7 through 8, and then verse 11 read like this. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff. And you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to the rock before their eyes and it will pour out water. Verse 11. Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. Let me give you some context. This is at, this is at the end of 40 years in the wilderness. 
Okay, they've been wandering for 40 years. Why? Because of disobedience. They was doing what they wanted to do. They was making golden cow. They was doing all kind of nonsense out there. And God was like, all right, because of this, I'm going to make y'all wander so long that all the people that left Egypt, they're going to die out and their kids going to take the promised land. Because y'all too disobedient. I can't allow y'all to take that, the, that slave mentality and that ignorant mentality. I can't allow you to take that into the promise. So I'm going to kill all y'all and I'm going to believe that your kids going to get it right. Right? So this is at the end of 40 years. And we, we know that because one of the things that we see happen there is one of the people that were there from the beginning, Miriam. The family of Moses pretty much survived in through that entire 40 years. But we see right here, we see it all coming to an end. Miriam passes away. And now all we have left is Moses and Aaron. They're like the last of that generation. That has come out of Egypt and this is 40 years into the journey and they start complaining again. But this ain't the first time they did this because in Exodus 17, if you go back when they originally got out right after they, 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 they crossed the sea, when, when God opened up the seas and they crossed the sea, they, they get close to Mount Sinai. And at the beginning of their journey, they start complaining the same way they started complaining right now. Man, we should have just stayed in Egypt, man. At least we had some meat and stuff because they'd rather eat slave food than be free. We, we, we had water there. We had everything we needed. Like, y'all fresh out and you trying to go back? So they're trying to go back. And they complain to Moses. And Moses like, oh, Lord, help me, man. Like, I got, like, we just got here and they already starting up. So God says, hey, Moses, take your staff and you're going to strike this rock. At Rephidim, that's where they were. You're going to strike this rock and water's going to pour. Strip the rock, water came out. Ah, this is great. 40 years later. So you see something happen at the beginning of the journey. Now we're at the end of the journey. 40 years later. Oh, here we go again. Oh, man. Now, they, listen, they, they fought battle after battle. They have literally seen food that they never saw before, heard of before. Food, heavenly food fall from heaven. They see all this crazy stuff. They saw a pillar of fire by day and a cloud by Like they saw all this crazy stuff that God was doing. They saw part to see. But yet they still complaining about water as if God had never provided before. They complain about water. God says, fine. I got you. Like, like they're mad. Like this is not like, can we get some water? It's like, man, we sick of y'all 40 years. We still ain't got no water again. Like they're mad. And Moses, like, he just, he's frustrated. He's like, I'm, like, could you imagine 40 years of somebody complaining? I'm like, Eeyore, if you don't get away from me right now. Some of y'all ain't watched Winnie the Pooh growing up. I can't, I can't take complaining people too long. I'm like, can we get to a solution, please? So Moses is like, he's like, oh, sick of these folk. I got them out, out, out of Egypt. But I'm, I'm in the world. I'm trying to get to the problem. Y'all still complaining about some water? All right, I'm sick of it. God, what, what you want me to do now? All right, Moses, I want you to grab your staff. He said, grab the staff. So Moses grabbed the staff. But he says, he says, I want you, he says, speak to the rock before their eyes and the water will pour out. What did he say to do to the rock? He didn't say hit it. He said, speak to it. Then Moses raised on. He, he was so mad, he didn't hit the rock once, he hit it twice. I'm sick of these fools. Like, y'all be trying to make it too holy when you read the Bible, like, oh, one ding, oh, two ding. No, 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 no. I, I know it was a frustration here because he hit it twice. 
It's like, I'm sick of these mother fathers. That's going to end up on shade room. Okay. Like Moses was mad. He was upset. He hit his thing twice. And water pours out. Mistake number one with Moses. Moses, because he was angry, he rejected God's plan to get water and decided to go with his own plan. You said, speak, nah, let me take matters into my own hands. I'm going to make a spectacle of this thing. Boom! Boom! Look what I did. He rejects God's plan for his own plan. God says, speak, use your mouth. Moses uses force. He, and here's the stupid part about it. What a waste of energy. God made a simple, he's like, hey man, just talk to it. How many situations could you have talked through that you decided to use for? You making it more complicated for no reason. Some of us, if we would just learn how to use our words better, situations wouldn't escalate into what they escalate to. But because you're so angry, you think your fist are the answer when God wanted you to use your mouth. You made it complicated for no reason. For no apparent reason. Something he needed to speak to, he took force out on. Because that's what anger does. All anger ever does is complicate things. I, I, love, I love my truck. It's, one of them, it's like my hobby. I like messing around with my truck, adding little things to it. I got, a, I got a cover for my truck the other day. They called it a tonneau cover. It's like on the back. So it's like I could use my truck bed like a trunk. I could put stuff in there. It won't get wet and all that stuff. And I get so excited. Like I like to put things together with my hand like, like Legos, man. So, so I, get, I get this truck cover and I, and I, I go, I, I'm assembling it. And I'm like, man, I'm feeling so good about myself. And then all I got is two screws left. Just two little screws. Two little simple screws. I'm like, man, I'm going to put these in. I'm, I'm going to just ride around in my truck just because. Just I get to this thing with these screws, and for whatever reason, these screws ain't going in. I did all this complicated stuff. All I had to do was screw in two screws. And I'm like, why these screws aren't going? I don't know if the screws weren't machine probably, but like, I'm starting to get frustrated because all I needed was like a little Phillips screwdriver. I used the Phillips, it ain't working. So I'm like, now I'm, now I'm, I'm like starting to get frustrated. Because I'm like, yo, this is supposed to be easy. Why, why is this thing getting so hard? So I'm walking back and forth. I keep going. Like, my wife probably saw me walk back and forth like 10 times from like outside to my tool shed. Like, she's like, and she's like, you good? Like, that's when somebody knows. <laughs> that's when somebody knows something wrong with you. You good? I'm like, oh. <sighs> so I went from like Phillips screwdriver. And I was like, man, man let, me, let, me, let me add some more power to this, man. Let me get my drill bit. Then I get my drill. Then I get my hammer drill. Then I get my impact drill. This, these screws ain't going in. And every time I go back and forth, like I'm, I'm fuming. If I had hair, it would have all been singed off. This is how frustrated I'm getting because I wanted them stupid screws to go in so bad. I tried everything. Screws ain't go in. Suddenly, my mood about this stupid cover went from excitement to anger. Because the easiest part of the job became the most complicated. How many of you know the angrier I got, the harder it was to get them screws into place? <laughs> Eventually, y'all ain't gonna front. I just had to walk away. I was like, I washed my hands of this matter. 
And the funny thing is, when I came back out and I was calm, they screwed right in. My frustration made something that was so easy, so complicated. You see, how many of us have made something so simple like salvation a war because we've overcomplicated the thing that God meant to give us peace? There's so many people, man. Oh, man, I can't. Yeah, I want to be a Christian, but it's so hard. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Except the work. Because see, this, you, you know why people think it's hard to be a Christian? Because they think they got work to do. The work's been done. You got to accept the finished work of the cross. The, hard, the hardest part of any one of our salvation has been done. Have you had to sacrifice anything? The sacrifice part has been done. All we got to do is accept it and live like we're thankful about it. Don't overcomplicate things with your anger that God has made easy. All we got to do is accept it. But some of us make it so hard because we're angry. But not only does anger complicate things, it'll begin to affect your relationships. Anger makes you do hurtful things to people you care about. You got to be very careful. Look at Numbers 20.10. He and Aaron, he is Moses, gathered the assembly together in the front of the rock, and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. Like, why I got to be all that, Moses? Like, why you got to call me out my name? Listen, you rebels. Must we bring you water from this rock? Like, Rebels back in that, like you, you calling that somebody like that was an insult. Where in God's instruction did he say, I want you to bring the people in front of the rock and reprimand them? Where, where, there was nowhere in God's instructions that, that I want you to call them out of their name. I'm sure God was frustrated with them. He had, me, he, he had the real reason to be frustrated with them because he's the one that brought them out of all the places that they were in. But even in his frustration, he still addresses them in love. Yeah. Right. Moses, you rebels. Like, like, like why, why, why are we out here calling people out of their name in our anger? Like, Moses insulted the people that God was calling him to lead. Could you imagine if I got up here every, every Sunday? Man, I'm sick of y'all. Y'all need to get it. I'm, I'm sick of y'all. Ain't nobody coming back to this church next week. Even when people do crazy things, you still got to lead them in love. So, y'all saved, man. So, I'm going to talk about me. You ever said something you ain't mean to say? <laughs> My mouth get me in trouble. <laughs> my, my wife, I, I love her because, you know, we like to go out, have a good time. But me, I am a very punctual person. If you tell me a time, I'm going to be there before the time I'm supposed to be there. That's if I'm by myself. My wife is a little more creative with time. She doesn't bend to the will of time. Time bends to the will of her. So when we got to go somewhere, like, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm like sitting, I'm like, I like walk in the room, try to like drop hints, like, 
you know, and like, and I'm trying to get better with this because, because like my wife has always been that way. It's like it's not like she's showing me like a new facet to herself that I don't know about. It's just it is what it is, right? So I'm trying to get better. I'm like, all right, T, don't walk in and be annoying. Just kind of like, like gently hint. So I walk in. I'm like, hey, love, you good? You look, you look great. You juice. Wow. Like, you're a master. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything else. Because how, how do you top perfection? Smart, but it don't help. She's still going to take the time that she need to take. And one of these days, man, I ain't going to lie, man, like, I, I what, man, I was not practicing the fruit of the spirit at all. And I was I just, I got frustrated. And, I, like, we were already late. Like, I'm like, yo, the event has started. We still at the house. And I, it's, not, it's not even what I said. It was how I said it. I walked in the bathroom at a certain amount of time. I was like, yo, what's wrong with you? My wife is from Brooklyn. And nine times out of 10, she would have given me the reading of my life. But this time it didn't happen. She looked at me, tears began to well up in her eye. Her lip began to quiver. I said, but, but why do you have to? Be so mean. <laughs> and it's, I, like, I, I cry for a lot, but like the one thing that'll mess me up is when I see her cry. I'm like, oh, man. It's like now I don't even care where we're going anymore. They're like nothing else matters because I, I hurt the person that I love. Face broke. Tears came, and I hurt the person that I love with my words. Let me, let me just say, like, being frustrated about being late didn't give me an excuse to be hurtful. I, I, like, I want, I want somebody to hear this, because this, this, this could save your marriage. Frustration with your spouse is no reason for your words to lack love. Frustration with your kids there's no reason to demoralize them. They're going to get enough hate when they come out in this doggone world. They should be encouraged when they're in your house. You need to be speaking to their future, not your fears. Frustration about your job is no reason to talk down to people. I don't care what your position is. You might be the highest up or the lowest of the low. You honor and treat everybody with respect. Don't look down on people because of a position. Don't let your anger put you in a stupid position. Here's one. This will bless somebody. Maybe somebody that's watching because they just, it's hard for them to step back into a church. But frustration with a house of worship is no reason to speak negatively against God's church. Churches don't hurt people. People hurt people. A lot of people, man, oh, I come, I come, from, I come from church. Or, I, I seen people, man, like somebody in the house hurt them. And then they mad at everybody. And then they go on these tirades, blaspheming and talking all crazy, kind of crazy stuff about God because they couldn't 
have a face-to-face -face conversation with the person that hurt them. So instead of, instead of facing them, they rather just blame all of what God is doing. We, we, we got to be careful because anger can lead you to condemnation when Christ's followers are called to compassion. You got to hear my heart on that. Like condemnation does not build relationships. Compassion does. How do I know that? Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love in this. How does God demonstrate love? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean for the person in here that can't forgive somebody while we were yet sinners? When we were wrong, he still forgave. There's people, yeah, they're dead wrong. Forgive them. Forgive them. Why? We, why? Because the relationship is more important than you holding on to anger. Don't allow your frustrations with people allow you to burn bridges that God does not want burned. There's people in this room, there's people watching online, and I have done this myself a time or two. I have disconnected with some people when the bigger thing to do, when what Christ was actually calling me to do, was to show that person who Christ is instead of rejecting them and distancing myself from them. I'm glad it's for somebody. We got to be bit like, why, 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 why are we here talking about all this faith, hope, and love, but we can't express it to our brothers and sisters? Jesus died to reconcile our relationship with God, and he also died so that we can reconcile our relationships with each other. That's the picture of the cross. Don't allow your anger to hurt the people that God has called you to love. Not only does anger mess up relationships, it delays your progress. It delays your progress. Why? Because anger makes you repeat the same mistakes. Numbers 20, verse 11. Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock. How many times? Sounds like a repeat mistake to me. With his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. It's a caveat, sidebar. Moses didn't obey God, but yet the water still gushed out of the rock. Why? Because God will always take care of his people. In, sp in spite of our ignorance, God will always take care of it. I just want you to hear that, okay? But let me get back to the message, because it ain't about provision, it's about anger. Right? Hitting the rock was wrong the first time he did it, but then he hit it again. He, he repeated the same mistake twice. It reminds me of my little one when, when I used to help her with her homework. Now, you know, she's, she's smart. She ate honor roll, all that stuff. So she don't need dad's help anymore. But when she was little, you know, Vava, man, she's strong-willed, you know? So she likes to do things her way. What would frustrate me is when I would check her homework and she got something wrong, I'm like, no, baby girl, this one's wrong. So she would go back and do it, and she'd come back with the same wrong answer. I'm like, baby, it was wrong the first time you wrote it. It ain't going to be right the second time you write it. And it, 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 once again, it, get, it, gets me, it gets me to think, why did she have to keep redoing this thing? She started to get so frustrated with me because it was like, I was like, baby, this is right. Said, no, dad. It's, she tried to give me all the reasons why she thought it was right. I'm like, no, it's wrong twice. Right? And she started to get frustrated. Why? She wasn't focused. She was so mad 
about getting the wrong answer, that she, she could not focus to get the right answer. If you are not careful, anger can steal your focus and force you to repeat a test that God has already given you the grace to pass. Do not let anger steal your focus from you. Like I've watched people that love Jesus, but they make the same mistake over and over and over and over again. Why? Because their anger does not let them think clearly. If you listen, these people, if you continually do these things, what happens is your anger makes you live in a cyclical nature. You continue to live in an endless cycle that your anger has entrapped you in. Like anger makes you pick up the bottle again. Anger makes you take up the drugs, the oxy, whatever it is you on again. Because now you're using it to cope. Anger makes you cheat on that person again. Oh, I'm going to show show her. I'm going to show him. Anger makes you push people away that are just trying to love you again. Anger makes you run away from the church again and again and again. Anger makes you do things that are detrimental to your future again and again. When will you get tired of repeating the same issues that God has already given you a solution for? If we allow our anger to rule us, we will continually make the same mistakes again and again. And here's the true danger of this. When you sit in a situation long enough without any change, you keep repeating the same things. You know what happens? Your perspective shrinks. And when your perspective shrinks, you begin to believe the lie that you are now the center of everything. Why is that dangerous? Because anger takes the attention off of God and puts it back on you. Numbers 20, 9 through 10. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together. I'm just reading the same verse, pulling out more stuff from it. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. Listen to what he says next. Must we bring you water out of the rock? Who do you think you are? So now you think you're responsible? When he said we, he was talking about him and Aaron. Must we bring water out of this rock? You call them out their name. But now you blaspheming God because you think you're responsible for something only God can do. Must must we bring water in anger? Moses takes the attention off of God and puts it on himself and Aaron. Since when were Moses and Aaron the source of a miracle? They might have been the conduit to a miracle, but they were never the source. Anger caused Moses to steal the people's attention and take it away from God. You ever, you ever, you ever see somebody's kid acting up in the store and you forget that you ain't their parent? <laughs> like my, my belt be ready, man. I be like, you know, I was walking around the, the mall the other day. I see this kid. Mama said no. He turned into demon level 10 in 2.2 seconds. Ah, Jesus, I know, and Peter, I know, but who are you? Like, like read your Bible. Um, 
Like he, he was spitting. Ah, I mean, t- tears, snot. Ah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, what is wrong with this shit? And I'm mad because I hate to see young kings like out there acting like that. Like, so I like, you know, and now, now it's like, I ain't the only one seeing this. Other people starting to see this. And people feeling bad for the lady. Then, you know, you got the, the snickers and the sneers. Then you got the people that look at you and judge me like, why you can't control your kids, you know? You got all them people starting to watch this situation. And then, you know, some people like, ah, should I jump in? Oh, I want to mind my business because people spaz out when you talk to them about their kids. Like, and me, I'm, I'm walking over just loosening my belt, getting ready to see... <laughs> And as I'm doing it, the Holy Spirit hit me. This kid was getting all this attention. The Holy Spirit hit me and said, that's exactly what he wants. That's what he wants. He wants the attention. Here's the truth. Even negative attention is attention. Now, angry people can be some of the most They won't say it, but they could be some of the most attention-hungry people on the planet. And as a family, we got to be aware when we see people acting out because, man, truly, they may just be crying out for attention. They may be crying out for some help. You see, we got to help each other take the focus off of ourselves. This is why iron sharpens iron. This is why we cannot forsake the gathering of the saints because there's encouragement in the body. Every time we come here and we sing a worship song, you know what we do? We take the attention off of our problem and we put the attention on the God that can solve the problem. That's why this is so important. We got to help each other take the focus off of each other and put the focus back on God where it belongs because we can never let anger allow us to make ourselves the hero in the story because God does not want to share his glory with anyone. Because anger keeps the focus on you. Here's the sad truth as I close. You may live to regret it. Lastly, as the man comes up, Anger makes you miss out on the promise. Doesn't matter how great of a leader you are, how big of a Christian you are, there may be promises in your life that you have left on the table because you cannot get a control over your anger. Numbers 20, verse 12. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I've given them. Yeah, we all preach, oh, Moses, man, he been to the mountaintop. He got to see the promise, but he never got to walk in. Why? His anger. You see, even though God loved Moses, God was still, still had to keep his word. He said none of Moses' generation would enter in the promised land. And Moses' lack of obedience in this moment allowed what God's word said to be true because now he was the final piece of that generation that would be gone. Him and Aaron never made it to the promised land. And Moses missed out because his anger led to disobedience. Like, imagine missing out on something you've been waiting your entire life for because you let anger steal it from you. Simple truth is, anger makes you do things now that you'll regret later. Like, ask yourself. And be honest. This this is a question I'm telling you to ask between you and God. But, like, how many promises has anger made you miss? 
how many relationships you missed out on. Some of y'all miss money because of anger. You miss relationships. You missed opportunities. Doors closed on you because of your anger. How many things have you missed on because of anger? Don't let anger make you miss out on the promise that God has for you. Submit your anger to God and receive the promise of Jesus. You don't have to hold on to it. You don't have to keep a tight grip on anger. Release it and receive the promise of Jesus. Now, I know some of y'all hear this and you're like, hold on, pastor. This is not fair. This story is not fair. Like Moses did everything right. But at the end of his life, he's not even allowed to walk into the place that he led these people through the desert for 40 years to get to. Now, come like like if you if you asking me, that doesn't sound fair. That sounds like God being petty. Like, I mean, that just it's like I could do all this good stuff in my life. My anger could still take away God's promise from me. I, I, I know you hear this and you think like, what's the big deal, man? Like he did all the other stuff, right? Was hitting a rock twice really that bad? Because that's what I, when I as many times as I've read this the first time around, I was like, God, come on. Like he just hit the rock, man. Like he did all this other stuff that was amazing. He stood up to Pharaoh. He got him through the Red Sea. Like, he held his arms up all day with, with, the, with, with the help of his homies, and they won wars. Like, like you, you stopped him from going to the promised land because he hit a rock twice? Like, that's kind of messed up, God. Like, I don't, I don't really get that. Was hitting the rock twice so bad? Here's the question that I want to answer that I know the Holy Spirit providing an answer for. Why was it a problem for Moses to hit the rock again after he hit it the first time. I'm not talking about him hitting it twice. He hit it the first time back in Exodus chapter 17. Remember that? When God said, hit the rock. But he comes back and hits it again when God says, speak to the rock. Why was it a problem for him after he had already hit the rock the first time? Maybe the natural mind thinks, well, yo, I hit it before, I'm gonna hit it again. Why, why, like, why is that such a big deal, God? You know why it's a big deal? It's a big deal because that rock wasn't just a rock. See, if you just think it's a rock, it's, it's, it's nothing. You just hit a rock. But it's a huge deal when that rock is not just a rock. 1 Corinthians 10, 2-4 speaks about the verses that I just read. And the Apostle Paul he connects the dots for us from Old Testament to New Testament as he recounts this same story of Moses hitting this rock. And 1 Corinthians 10, 2-4 says, They were all baptized into Moses in the clouds and in the sea. Verse 3, they all ate the same spiritual food. Verse 4, get this in your spirit and drank the same spiritual drink. Where'd they get it from? For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. The Bible says it clear so you don't have to think that I'm just trying to stretch this verse. The Bible says, and the rock was Christ. When is a rock not just a rock? When is Christ? 
and it could have connected a rock from any other story. No, it was specifically talking about the rock that Moses struck. The Bible tells me that the rock represents Christ. And it makes sense because what other rock does living water pour out of? There is no other rock that living waters pour out of, but why was it wrong for Moses to hit the rock? Because he had already hit the rock in Exodus 17, 6. So, okay, fine. All right, you connected the dots. Jesus is the rock. But why was it wrong that he hit it twice? Why? Hebrews 10, 10 through 12 says, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, once and for all. Did it say twice? Once. Once and for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again and offers the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. But, I love this, but when this priest, this is the great and high priest Jesus that this verse talks about, had offered for all time, how many sacrifices for sins? One sacrifice for sins. He sat down. Jesus, hey, Jesus said, I'm going to sacrifice one time. I'm going to sit down because my work is done. That connect. Once and for all means that the wrath of God was only carried out one time, and that time was enough for all time. I still don't, don't, don't get it. Moses did more than just casually strike a rock. Not only did he hit a rock, what Moses did not realize was that God was using him to strike the rock. What does the rock represent? If the rock represents Christ, then Moses with his staff, in God's eyes, in God's plan, in God's vision, in God's mission, Moses was supposed to represent God to the people. Moses strikes the rock once and life-giving water is poured out. So he didn't just casually hit a rock. He didn't realize God was using him to strike the rock to demonstrate grace and foreshadow what God would do to his son on the cross. So one strike was more than enough. What we are getting when Moses strikes the rock is a future picture of what God would do to his son in order to save all of humanity. For every piece of scripture and text in this Bible is connected. I need you to understand that it was one sacrifice for humanity for all time, which is why the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 4 through 6, it says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God. Why would God punish him? Stricken by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought about peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned in our own way. And the Lord has laid on him all iniquity of sin. What Isaiah was trying to tell us was that the wrath of God, instead of it being poured out upon us, one time he pours it out on Jesus. And that one time was enough to save us all. So I need somebody to hear me today. 
today. Today, you can receive the love of God because the anger of God was managed by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross once and for all. You want to talk about anger management? The anger of God was managed by the sacrifice of Jesus. He that knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we will become the righteousness of God. Our God has every reason to be angry because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I need somebody to hear me today. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far that you have run. God is not mad at you. He is madly in love with you because all of his anger, all of his wrath, all of his hurt, all of his pain, he poured it out on the cross of Calvary on Jesus over two thousand years ago so that you would not feel his anger you would not feel his wrath but all we get to feel is his love his grace and his mercy in Jesus name and everybody said every book every chapter every verse every line even when it's about a rock always points us to the grace and the salvation that we find in Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.